It's like, everybody come up. Yeah. It's time to oh, slam it. now. We gotta, no, that's a space jam. Real jam going down. down. <laughs> Welcome to the space jam. The, the bull song is like, and now. Yeah, that's the one that I oh, like. Yeah. Your oh, starting my voice is lineup. Out. And Do now. <laughs> And welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week, we'll be breaking down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Sarah, what are we talking about in this episode? Oh my fucking God. Today, we're talking about the greatest team ever, the 90s Chicago Bulls. Yes. Fuck. So good. (laughs) I'm so excited about this episode. But where to even begin with the team that shaped not only our childhood as Chicagoans, but truly shaped culture. And I'm not talking about like sports culture. I'm talking about culture in general. And it really doesn't matter if you're a sports fan or not. Like everyone knows who Michael Jordan is. And for those who didn't watch The Last Dance or need a refresher, the 90s Bulls are simply the most prolific dynasty in all of sports. And yeah, I said it like all of sports. They are the greatest dynasty. Come at me, haters. And by haters, I mean Patriots fans. <laughs> I just, I really do. I, I'm like off the charts. I was going to say they're so prolific that even women know about them. I was getting amped well, up while you yeah. were talking. I was like, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, to break it down, they won six NBA championships between 1991 and 1998 with two three And all six of their championship teams were led by transcendent superstar michael jordan his legendary robin scotty pippen and zen master extraordinaire coach phil jackson like seriously the best memories but i think we should all start with our favorite bulls memory oh my god there's so many things about the 90s bulls that are like so good like i remember like banging pans like when they won in my parents basement because i was like six and couldn't drink but like yay pans (laughs) but there's also just something about like the intro song that just amps me up, like the little like weird twinkling keys. And then when that announcer came in and he was like, and now, like I was like, fuck yeah, it's like break into cars. Like I'm pumped up right now. Insane. Alan <laughs> Parsons project, right? Is that who, yeah. Honestly, just, I still get chills every time I hear it. Like even now as the bulls are trash, like it still just like brings it all back to that like one moment, like in time. Yeah, I mean, I was crying when I was reviewing the shit for this, and I don't want to talk about it. But when I was little, I can't choose one memory. I, um, My mom likes to talk about how I thought that Michael Jordan was my uncle, because <laughs> being a you know young white-year-old girl who had never met him, I think I thought that maybe every man I loved was my who wasn't my dad or like grandpa was probably an uncle. And I also wow, what else, what other memory is important besides that? I was just talking about how when they won and I saw a man naked on top of his car for the first time. <laughs> you saw your first penis as a result yeah. of the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, we were at a, like a. They went. Did you guys go out afterward? For some reason, I was out with like my mom, her friend, and their kids, and we no, were like, because I was like fucking six or right. something. Like, yeah, this was just, like my childhood was being at like weird adult events, being like, what is that? Um, <laughs> And this guy was naked on top of his car. I don't know if he was ghost riding the whip or if someone else was driving it, but it was like a full naked person. I still remember that it was like a white Honda Civic. It was like 98 and I was like, and my mom put her hand over my eyes and I was like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, your first penis is generally like a pretty vivid memory, and especially when it's associated with the bulls. Yeah, so yeah, I I don't know. My uncle, and I think of a penis. I guess (laughs) (laughs) 
um yeah i don't know for me obviously i i gotta go like sarah but the uh i like like loved the pots and pans banging like i don't know why every kid like it's like oh stay inside the city is burning down but like in a fun way but like here are these pots and pans that you can bang and i just thought it was like so thrilling but honestly it's really insane that to this very day the bulls the 90s bulls have not lost even a shred of their cultural relevance um but i feel like we can't even scratch the surface of the bulls without talking about the man the myth the legend mj Michael Jordan is one of, if not the greatest basketball player of all time. And from the moment he was drafted in the Bulls in 1984, he became the player the entire team was built around. During his rookie year, he set franchise records and led the Bulls to the playoffs. Even when the team itself was like dog shit, Michael Jordan was crushing it with his own personal stats. But besides his godlike talent, Michael Jordan seems particularly insane. Fuck um, yeah. He's so, so I, insane. So I would it love makes you to like know. him more. I know. But what's his big three? Um, well, he has an Aquarius sun, a Sagittarius moon, and spoiler alert or plot twist, a Cancer rising. Woo, Cancer. Yeah, oh, I know. It's kind of surprising, though. That doesn't scream like psychopath right off the bat to me. Well, there's just so much depth in this chart that we don't have time to go through all of it. But like, okay, so his Aquarius sun. The sun is in detriment in Aquarius, which sounds like a negative word. And it's not like positive but it just means that the planet is in the opposite sign that it rules and it could cause like generally the word is discomfort but it also makes those people like more likely to take a calculated risk because they have to because they're like their planet isn't comfortable so the sun is all of aquarius season is winter and being born during aquarius season like means that you're like the brightest part of our chart is like in like the cold of winter chicago was a great city for him to come to because we have fucking terrible winters well it just means that like an aquarius sun like they know what it takes like they see a leo sun be like you little bitch like you're (laughs) born in july (laughs) fucking you don't know what it's like to be born in the winter winter is always coming when i come to town baby um (laughs) they're like the john snow of planets yeah that's it um and elise Michael Jordan also has a Sagittarius moon like me and you, which wow. was honestly so validating because it's my least favorite placement of mine. And now I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it now, too. Um, so this is like the sign of the clown, which I don't think that Michael Jordan is a clown, but I do remember how much I enjoyed that he wasn't afraid to like dog other players, you know, like he wasn't like, oh, like just because I'm so good, I shouldn't like be funny, too. So it just like makes him a troll. Um, and like a Sagittarius moon like might be prone to like, being dogmatic and so like i think that because his like his aquarius son wanted to like like is aware of the collective i don't know i think I'm, it made him believe in himself just having like a hard sun placement and like having your like reactions just be such like clownish right he wasn't kind of like he wasn't like oh i'm i'm good so i need to be humble he was like i'm fucking good and yeah. i'm gonna like wave it in your face right um so sagittarius is ruled by jupiter and so like his emotions are big Okay, so then I thought the most surprising placement was that he's a Cancer rising. Um, But this kind of, like, I thought then he has, like, high emotional intelligence. Like, to be a good athlete, you have to know, and well, to be a good athlete in a team sport, like, you have to be able to anticipate other people's movements almost, like, instinctually. And I think that, like, this could just, like, play into that. I, like, every Cancer I know, who or, like, anyone who has a Cancer placement, Sarah's Cancer Moon, like, it's just, like, so good for that. People think that, like, they're tender, but they're just, like, watching you, and they know your agenda, and that's really pretty cool so um but i also think that like makes him put up a shell so like we don't think of that as him or we don't think of him as that but we understand like you can see that from his chart 
And then two other things that I thought were super interesting is that he has his natal Mars in retrograde in Leo and that he has Jupiter conjunct the midheaven. So having a natal planet retrograde mostly means like you probably will direct that energy inward. And so people might not perceive like that being part of your character. Like, oh, people might not think when he was a child, I don't know, that he was like someone who was super powerful and also like, or maybe they didn't think that he needed validation because Leos need validation for their like hard work and for who they are. They need to be seen for who they are. And like, people need to be like, Hey, you're really good for that. Um, And then of course, Mars is power. So like uh, Donald Trump also has natal Mars in Leo, but he doesn't have it retrograde. So what I think like how this manifested for Michael Jordan was probably that he always was like, I'm good. Like I will like, I'm good or just knew he could be or just desperately wanted that feeling. I never really pick up on him as being someone who like did it because he wanted attention. I think that he just wanted the like feeling. Yeah. I mean, that that would make sense. I mean, he wasn't necessarily always as confident as he, as we know him as, you know what I mean? Like he He was cut from the high school team. Wow. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Hmm. But he has his Jupiter conjunct the midheaven. And like, I looked up how many celebrities have Jupiter conjunct the midheaven. The number was over 94,000. Um, <laughs> some of the people were Lady Gaga, Andy Warhol, um, Kim Kardashian, all three literally icons of just the word wow. fame. And also Bob Marley and Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. <laughs> wow, what a wide variety of celebrities. But yeah. so Jupiter conjunctor midheaven can indicate a high probability for fame. Yes, Jupiter is like... It's a benefic planet. It's lucky or associated with luck. Um, and the midheaven is your career and your public life. So it's just kind of like. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It enhances just like the possibility of you becoming some sort of like famous person. Yeah. I was really surprised looking at his chart. I was expecting just from like how competitive he was and like how just assertive he was on the court and confident I was expecting a lot of like fire signs like a lot of Leo or like a lot of Capricorn where it's just that like restriction to succeed um but it was really surprising to me that it's that cancer rising that gave him just like this chip on his shoulder and when someone told him like oh you're not the best he was just like I will be the best and then he just like stuck to it in a deranged way which like respect um so looking back at the Bulls during this time of the season, they were doing better. I think they like went to the playoffs, but they didn't succeed or like move that far up. And Michael was getting noticed, but things didn't really take off until Uncle Phil Jackson came on the team. <laughs> Phil Jackson would be your uncle. I mean, if Michael Jordan is Dana's uncle, like I want Phil Jackson to just be my dad. Like this guy rules. Um, backstory on Phil. He was a player himself for for 12 seasons, winning two championships in the 70s with the Knicks. He joined the Bulls as head coach in 1989, which is actually the year I was born. So maybe he is my dad. I don't know. But he was known for his holistic approach on the court, even applying Native American spiritual practices into his coaching, which is really interesting. But he really had this insane ability to manage giant egos, which is what made him so successful as a coach. So let's hear about Phil's Phil's chart. Phil Jackson has pretty much like exactly the chart of someone who would like respect and practice Native American rituals without ever bringing the word spirit animal into the lexicon. (laughs) (laughs) He has a Virgo sun, an Aquarius moon and an Aquarius rising. Oh yeah. Um, Like all all the Aquarius energy, like his, that's exactly what I would think of for him. 
Yeah. Um, and so being a Virgo son, that's like his, like he's exacting, he has attention to detail. Like, he knows how to, you know, like he could drop a play. Um, they're the servant of the Zodiac. And like, I mean, coaches make a lot of money, but like coaches are ser- like, they serve in, you know, ultimately so many ways. Um, and Virgos have like a, a huge reputation for being like anal germaphobes and like they're really analytical and strategic they're like calculating the risk of getting coronavirus before we even knew what it was <laughs> um they can function without taking things personally and they're also like adaptable and then his aquarius moon and aquarius rising um this is great because michael jordan's son is also aquarius so they have like great synastry here and uh so having your moon in your first house or your moon and your rising are conjunct that's kind of like your expression is going to be who you or what you really feel because if you get to know someone, like you might like get to know their ascendant first, their sun second, and then their moon. Um, in this way, though, it's kind of like we know Phil Jackson, you know, like we don't really have to second guess. And that's probably why he's like never been in hot water because he's just who he is and he's honest. Um, okay, so this is a person who's born like aware of their feelings, but it's also Aquarius is like emotionally detached. When I say that Aquarius wants freedom all the time, like it's just because they they need to like breathe like everyone else is like, you know, maybe projecting they just need to be like able to be free but he can see the whole picture um like a Sagittarius but Aquarius is ruled by Saturn so they're able to like keep it tight and like reasonable Hmm. yeah I'm obsessed with Phil Jackson I was very late to the game with the last dance but for some reason I think it's just because how successful he was like I just assumed he was like a really big dickhead but then like watching him talk I was just like dude you're like chill as fuck like you I know seem, like, i would do so anything cool. if he could be my like life guru you know what <laughs> i mean like if he wasn't a successful basketball coach i feel like he could be he could easily be like a pretty good cult leader maybe oh, totally but like filled with love like a cult of love <laughs> right like not a massacre cult like a love cult no yes so phil shows up on the scene and shit gets real and it honestly makes sense why looking at his chart He's so strategic and he could function around a lot of big egos because his Virgo son helps him separate facts from emotion and his Aquarius moon lets him keep his eye on the big picture and champion the collective over the individual. Like when I saw this, I was like, you literally are the saying, like, there's no I in team. Like you're all about the group. Right? Isn't that nice? As cheesy as as it sounds, it's like rings really true here, especially. So it makes sense someone coaching with these qualities could help lead the Bulls to win back-to-back-to-back championships, which we call the three-peat. Three-peat. Three-peat for the 91, 92, and 93 seasons. Obviously, winning a championship once is super fucking hard, but three times in a row is honestly like borderline God territory. So is there anything in the Bulls chart that could indicate this type of success? There is. Also... I don't know about you guys, but when I was little, I literally couldn't imagine like being like, I, didn't, I couldn't relate to children who were born in other cities and I attributed it to being because they did like hadn't won a championship every year. I it, I don't know. This maybe probably is my religion. It affected my life greatly in ways that when I, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, that was that. Okay. But, so the Bulls started on January 15th or January uh, 16th in 1966. And on January 15th, 1991, there was a solar eclipse in Capricorn exactly conjunct the Bulls' sun. And it was also conjunct Michael Jordan's South Node. And the nodes are like, they are, um, they're like markers of fate. Like whenever, I don't know, you maybe like they relate to karma, maybe you don't believe in that. But usually when something touches like a node in your chart, or like the node touches another planet, like, two. 
your life is changing. Yes, we have two nodes. Don't think that you just have one. You have two. (laughs) Um, Two weeks later, on January 30th, there was a lunar eclipse conjunct Jupiter. So that's, you know, the planet of expansion. And it was exactly conjunct Michael Jordan's natal Mars, which I spoke about already. And it was also the Time Lord of that year. And this was the first year that they, like, won. It was just crazy. Um, So if you don't know what Time Lords are, please go back and listen to our Britney episode. um, And you'll get it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> eclipses are, well, I'll just explain a little bit. I don't, I can't explain to you like the math of them, but they are bringers of faith. They're like essentially wormholes. One of the reasons I started getting into astrology was that I was like, what, what just changed in my life? And yeah. And then you couple that with the nodes. The nodes are like fate, like your South node. A lot of people think like, that's what, isn't that like what you've already, you're bringing into this life yeah. that you have to still work on. And then your North node is like, what, like what is your destiny kind of like for this life so when something hits like one of your nodes it's like a big deal so then when an eclipse hits the node it's lit- it is it is like dana was saying like fate yeah it's fucking insane because an eclipse in anything is already like very powerful but an eclipse for you is personal and then like once it happens nothing will ever be the same yeah, that's super interesting because 1991 is really, you know, when the Bulls took the fuck off. And I think people forget that Michael wasn't necessarily an overnight sensation. Like, obviously, he was always really good and the star player on the Bulls, and he was a really good draft pick. But he was on the Bulls for seven years at this point, and it kind of seems like the stars aligned for him to finally win. And so I guess, you know, I think that must have to do with the eclipses in his chart is sort of like he he's been working hard he's always had the talent but you know all these things had to align for this team to like finally win our eclipse is generally related to what people think of as luck dana i don't know 100 percent. fuck no um <laughs> eclipses aren't lucky but they might bring you luck and they also might like ruin your life when you're having a fine time it's <laughs> eclipses are ironic by alanis morissette huh okay Good so, analogy. So go. instead of stairway to heaven. Yeah. It's like can only explain astrological things in music now. So music terms. So, you know, Chicago is riding high as hell off those three back to back to back championships, but there's a slight lull in the action when Michael Jordan suddenly announces his retirement. Yeah, this was like something really no one saw coming. I mean, people were rightfully like freaking out. Um, He eventually went to the White Sox to play baseball, which was just like incredibly confusing for everyone who was witnessing all of this. But I feel like (laughs) this time in his life, there has to be something weird like this retirement, like or and I say retirement in quotes, obviously. But like what was happening around this time for Michael? Um, Well, so he announced his retirement um, on a day where Saturn was conjunct his son. And so here's another opportunity to promote our earlier episodes. Um, if you want to hear more about that transit, please listen to the Firefest episode. But it's basically like the Saturn is a marker of fate too. Like Saturn will, it's a uh, father time. And I never thought that I would compare Billy McFarlane to Michael Jordan, but this is how like a great example of how astrology is the great unifier. <laughs> um, and when transiting Saturn conjuncts our sons, like we might just feel like we need to grow up or like have, we might have an identity crisis. Like we're thinking like how, like what am I doing to be, to go where I need to go? And so, I mean, if, like he had already won the more championships than like, I don't know anyone. And this was just like a big moment for him. Um, 
And also, I think it's important to remember his father did die around this time. So again, he did have like a pretty big life event that would also explain this identity crisis as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the sun is actually signifies um, your father. So does Saturn. So it's kind of like a father transit. And also that year Saturn was his time lord. So oh shit. Um, as someone who's had Saturn be their time lord in their Saturn return, you're like, oh, is, what's going on? Like, <laughs> who am I? And so another, just one more transit that was interesting was that um, Venus was conjunct his IC, which is the lowest part of our chart. Uh, you'll see it's like bold and it signifies, it's the deepest part of the sky and, and like the deepest part of your soul. Um, and it's kind of like who we are when we're alone with ourselves and Venus's values. So at like for Venus to cross that point means that like uh, he's like reassessing his values and kind of like also Saturn is retrograde so he probably started thinking about coming back as soon as when it went direct oh interesting. that retrograde makes a lot of sense because um 95 rolls around and the Bulls have acquired some key players they get Dennis fucking Rodman who like literally such a freak but love him he's an absolute maniac on and off the court from the Pistons so I mean Dennis Rodman, like key player, like doesn't even do him justice. Like he was a fucking icon. I love Dennis Rodman with all my heart. I love heart. him so much. Um, so he has um actually his sun and moon in Taurus, and he's a Capricorn rising. Like you, at least. Oh, that is really. I so thought surprising. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was super surprising because I think that, like Sarah, like when you saw Michael Jordan's chart and you were expecting, um, I don't know, like Leo and Capricorn. When I thought of Dennis Rodman, I was expecting like Aquarius and like maybe Gemini and Leo. Like, yes, yeah, I don't know. He's just like, hey, like I'm weird as fuck and look at me. But like Taurus and the Capricorn are like Earth. Not sign. like that generally. So, yeah, I mean. Maybe what do we know, really? But I mean, there's a lot about him here. He was, first of all, an extremely hard worker. He didn't think about going to the NBA until like he was what, like 23. So it's really interesting that his son, um, Moon, and his rising are all in Earth signs because that's not what we think of when we think of Dennis Rodman. But his son and um, Moon are in Taurus in the fifth house. Taurus is ruled by Venus, which is like indulgence, money, value, pleasure, beauty. And the fifth house is also the house of children. And it got that way because it's the house of pleasure and creation. So mm -hmm. people born with this, like tend to focus or like people having the same sun and moon are, they tend to focus on like self-development or like that's the route their life will include some sort of like big self-development. And I feel like having Venus be his ruler, like, and in the house of creative and pleasure, it's like not, it's not surprising that he like dyed his hair a new color every week or like dressed like a bride and was like, I'm also in the NBA. Like I'm just doing me. That was iconic. That bride outfit. I know. I love it. Uh, but also, yeah. So his Capricorn rising is like practical, realistic. It's hardworking. Like he, he only was able to do those things. Cause he like was art. He was so like in control of what was going on. I mean, like the best rebounder ever. is like such a cap rising thing. Like I'm getting the ball and I'm throwing it to someone else. Cause I can like, you know, be like the middle person I'm planning this out. And so that's interesting, too, because Saturn rules Capricorn and like Venus is like it's not concerned with personal comfort. Like that is what makes uh, maybe more docile. He was the perfect person to like complete the trio of Michael, Scotty, Dennis. Truly. But I feel like this shows a lot. We only see him as his outward personality because it was like so gregarious and interesting and like iconic but obviously at this end of the day he was a really fucking good basketball player for a reason and um i think that gets overlooked a lot because of his outward facing stuff 
So Michael Jordan sees Dennis Rodman is like, mm, second thought, baseball sucks. I'm coming back, bitches. But like, that's actually like what he did. He sent a fax, which like some of our listeners might not even know what a fax is. But oh all he did was send a fax that said, I'm back. Like one fax, two words, I'm back. I love a fax troll. It's exactly how an Aquarius saw in Sagittarius Moon would do it. Technology <laughs> and clownery. But honestly, honestly, it was an easy decision to return. Like the lineup was sick. We've got Harper, Pippen, Rodman, Longley, like an awesome bench. And like Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, like everyone was like, yeah, like these guys are like, once he was back, it was like, oh fuck, like they're going to win. And when they did, they took home the 94-95 season championship. Then 96-97 rolls around and they destroyed everyone that year too. Like basically all the other teams were like, please murder us for fun. It would be an honor. (laughs) So now they have a total of five championships. Yeah. And, you know, they people like loved the Bulls and they were loved in Chicago, but not just in Chicago and not just in the U.S. Like they were loved all over the world. Like at this point, like the dream team was huge. Like they were cultural icons. And like the best part is like they were able to like live up to all the hype. Like they just kept winning so that's what makes this next part so weird they win their fifth title and before their next season even begins there's talk of rebuilding even though they were still winning even though everyone wanted to stay together and a big reason for that is because of dun 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 the bulls general manager queen king fuckboy queen and king fuckboy jerry kraus (laughs) non-binary fuckboy Honestly, Jerry Krause's body is non-binary. Where to even begin? Like, Jerry is famous for the line, like, players don't win championships, organizations do, which, like, okay, bro. He claims he was misquoted, but, like, not really. And in some ways, the, like, practical Capricorn in me is, like, semi-grateful for Jerry Krause because, like, every hero needs a villain. And I think deep down, like, Jerry knew this, and he just, like, let himself take the heat because he knew it would make them win. Like, Michael, like, fucking hated Jerry so much. It was kind of, it was just, like, unprecedented in 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 basketball like the way he openly hated him but (laughs) i mean like the other part of me the Aries part of me is like fuck you jerry you robbed us of something great and i'll never forgive you like give give us the chance to let them win again and so i just gotta hear what the fuck is up with jerry kraus dana i don't know if it's the Aries part of you because jerry kraus is also an Aries. All right, I take it back. Fuck this. Right, you. um, Can I excommunicate my son side? (laughs) No, but we. You can excommunicate Jerry Krause. I don't think that you're like him at all. Just so you know. Thank you. Um, Thank you so much. Wow. What a Aries sun. This is an interesting combination because it's the sun is exalted in Aries, and so that means that it's like comfortable, comfortable. It it functions well. It's like fiery. Like he is probably able to like whatever like go on his destiny. But here's a good example of when a planet that's exalted could become like a little bitch, and the planet (laughs) that's in detriment could be like I'm going to you know I fucking hate you publicly. And so then he also has a Scorpio moon, which like I would say uh loving scorpio moons is like probably a toxic trait of mine or whatever the moon is like in fall in scorpio which is similar to detriment and it's just like it's not comfortable here like um the placement is like either like terrifyingly hot like has a lot of mystique or like they're so weird that 
they're like the kid who like like doesn't participate in show and tell and you're like well everyone who's wondering what jerry krauss looks like you should just google him really quick and you'll you'll know which one he is i know say who is he (laughs) (laughs) spoiler alert not terrifyingly hot (laughs) he's not a terrifying hot babe this day yeah he didn't bring his toys to show and tell and he also you know he just would ruin a whole team (laughs) but he was born during a full moon phase and so unlike a new moon phase this is like people are like their life path is usually oriented towards building relationships um they're able to see two sides of every situation however because it was during the building phase his son or his moon is in the house like not opposite his um son we don't have his rising, so I don't know what houses they're in. But like, whenever a planet is opposite, but not or is in the sign next to an opposite planet, it means that those planets can't see each other. It's kind of like playing like using the Braille method to, for those two energies. They don't really understand each other. Um, so this is called an inconjunction, and um, it just means that he has uh, those two planets. His sun and moon are in incompatible elements and in incompatible modes, and. I'm not surprised I teach through temper tantrums. Yeah. So does that just mean, because this is like new to me, this just means that like, is he like conflicted? Like, is he not able to like deal with his like emotions and like what he wants as a person? But I do think that it creates like an extreme dissonance between being able to like, like you maybe like, just like how he feels is just completely not like cut off from who he wants to be. That actually makes a lot of sense, too, though, because I feel like a Scorpio moon is like so intense and like feels things so intensely. So like to not to I bet like because it seems like he wanted to be like part of the crew so bad and he just wasn't. So like the way that he kind of like addressed that was just being like the most Aries dickhead version of himself. Like when he didn't get what he wanted, he would just say these like very aggressive like things to be like, now I'm mad. So like definitely temper t- tantrums. But I mean, that makes sense. Like him acting like that, it didn't just get like at least to develop this like <laughs> decade-long hatred of him. But fans openly hated Jerry Krause. Um, and at this time, when they're talking about rebuilding after the fifth championship, fans were also tweaking because they were thinking that Michael Jordan was going to leave. And also at the same time, Scottie Pippen was super pissed because he's not getting the money he deserves. So he's asking to be traded and he's sitting out games. Yeah, I mean, the Scotty money thing was super contentious. And he was seen as a lot of people's eyes as like a right hand man or a Robin. Like even I just, you know, succumbed to those tropes. But on most other teams, he could have been his own superstar. So, you know. It, it was it was a pretty rough time for Scotty, so it's hard to blame him. Yeah, so it was, like, rough because he was sitting out, kind of, like, all the pressure was kind of falling on Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman, so there was, like, a lot of, like, stress there. And then, at the same time, Jerry Krause makes it publicly known that this is for sure going to be Phil Jackson's last season. So the team goes into their next season knowing it will be their last together. And all this fuckery is mainly due to Jerry Krause being a dick and his hatred of Phil Jackson. Like, he just didn't like him. Which is which is honestly crazy because if you look back, like, I, I learned about this in my deep Googling, but <laughs> Jerry was almost, like, the entire reason for Phil's NBA coaching career. And even he was even part of the reason why Phil Jackson was, like, drafted into the NBA. Like, Jerry at the time was a scout. He was, like, a huge fan of Phil. 
he not only got him into the NBA, but he watched him for his whole career and then convinced him to come and be an assistant coach for the Bulls. And then he even replaced like pretty popular coach Doug Collins, um, who was doing like pretty well. He he replaced him with Phil. So it's not like they never got along like they were very much in sync until they just very much weren't. It was pretty weird. Well, I mean, firing the person that you're like most obsessed with for decades is the most Scorpio thing I can think of. Yeah, I imagine, too, that like Phil did something wrong to him like 10 years earlier and he was like, you just wait, you know, like <laughs> yeah. classic Scorpio. Right. Oh, my God. I remember, Sarah, you described Scorpios as like you do, like they stab you in the back, but like 40 years later. <laughs> yeah. And like this is like pr- a prime example of that. <laughs> and like, they just hold on to like the desire to do that for 40 years. and They just know they <laughs> but will. You, like, you know? don't know when you it's coming, right? It. Yeah, they're um, like, in 40 years, I will be really satisfied by this. <laughs> so the 97-98 season was a really tough one for the Bulls even besides all of the kind of like drama going on behind the scenes. Um, there's, you know, a lot of tension. There's a lot of injuries. There's a ton of pressure to win. Like they still want to like keep winning championships, especially because this is their last season together. So this left everyone feeling drained and exhausted. However, luckily for us, the bulls were still able to pull off one final championship win However, as good as that win felt, it was also bittersweet because this was the end of the Bulls dynasty. So yeah. sad. It is really tragic. Everyone's um, like sad now. Like <laughs> I know the mood just like went so down. I just thought of like the last day that I ever was like, they won, you know? Um, okay, so I looked at the charts like from the 90s, like uh, and uh there were so many eclipses that made contact with their like Michael Jordan's planets in a way that I was kind of surprised. Um, And so like in September of 97, um, which is like the start of the penultimate season and also the start of like the NBA season, there's a solar eclipse conjunct Michael Jordan's Pluto, which is like Pluto energy and eclipse energy are like how I don't understand either of them, but I feel them the same way. And so I feel like that's just kind of like a a way to understand them. They, this is going to change and like, you will not be able to go back and just it's, but like it's not always like terrible or whatever um and so this just like also is in um the same eclipse is in phil or was conjunct phil jackson's mercury and that deals with like career and communication and so having that eclipse conjuncted it's kind of like almost like you the i don't know communication will be changing in the next year and so we don't have um dates but this was like around the same time that he would have like started writing the playbook which he called the last dance which i love that like so poetic so poetic like like i have literal chills right now but that like that just makes so much sense because i feel like i don't know like it just it would make sense that they there was a huge change coming in and i think that eclipse probably like dana said like everyone really felt that in september which would have been like right before the start of that the 97 98 season and it's just sort of like the, the fact that they knew that this transformative change was coming, you know, for very various reasons, and they still like pushed as hard as they did to win is just like, fucking incredible. And so like, I, you know, I know people give Jerry Reinsdorf a lot of shit because he's like cheap and didn't want to play pay these players money. But, you know, Michael Jordan was very rightfully pissed because that they didn't try for seven, like he's super competitive. 
And, you know, what we saw in the last dance is he hasn't really gotten over it. And like, like Michael said, like they're entitled to defend what they won. And the fact that they didn't get that chance after the sixth championship, like this is all because of Jerry, like he murdered everyone's dreams. Michael Jordan retired for the second time after this. Phil Jackson went to the Lakers where he, not surprisingly, was widely successful there. He won five more championships, which is insane. Um, And then everyone kind of just slowly left Chicago one by one, like the last scene in the Sandlot. Another another scene that gives me chills and sadness. Benny Rodriguez all alone. Like, why are you running the bases alone? He probably did that for fun. (laughs) I always had a crush on him. He was like, yeah, me too. My dad, he was so hot. But yeah, I mean, the Bulls have literally been in like a rebuilding year for literally the last 20 plus years. So Jerry, like, literally fucked shit up. Yeah, I mean, at least we got to be alive during then, you know, because now we're alive now and it sucks, but we were alive then too, <laughs> so that's cool. Um, and so, like, honestly, I mean, I thought that D. Rose would turn it around and I, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a little bit of a dagger. Remember right. when we thought that was going to be the our savior? I don't know if it's just because, like, I kind of, like, feel religious about this, like, team, but, like, for me, I kind of felt like instead of, like, being like, oh yeah, all this astrology like confirms Michael's greatness. Like I felt like more so like having experienced his spirit can confirm the astrology for me. Wow. Is that normal to say? Whew, that's honestly deep. But yeah, I mean, no, that makes so much sense because at the end of the day, like, you know, the circumstances align for the Bulls and Michael in like a truly irreplicable way. And, you know, Michael just confirmed everything we thought about him and his astrology and i mean that makes sense but like like to sum it all up the 90s were fucking awesome the bulls are awesome michael jordan is awesome anyone else have anything to add my uncle is awesome <laughs> dana's uncle is, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean kids in the 90s we didn't realize how good we had it but there is another kid that didn't have it so good in the 90s no way where you're going with this is <laughs> So, so good. Um, Which brings us to next week's episode. And we are going to stay in the 90s, but this time it's a much less celebratory event. We're going to examine the very creepy, very sad death of child beauty pageant star, Jean Benet Ramsey. Woo, fuck yeah! Yeah, this is going to be wild, but in the meantime, please leave us a five-star review, subscribe on every podcast, subscribe on your mom's phone, or just do one. Um, And please keep listening. And follow us at Allegedly Astrology on Instagram for more news, dope-ass memes, and to learn how to win a free chart reading with Dana. Yay. Bye. Bye!